Well, uh, the world is um, is reacting in general to coronavirus. Uh, some call it uh, panic. Others call it reasonable reaction. Let's find out what our good friend Dr. Norman Blumenthal has to say. Dr. Blumenthal, of course, is associated with a million great organizations and efforts, but in this case, he was uh, referred to us by our wonderful friends at OHEL. He is the um, uh, Zachter Family Chair in Trauma and Crisis Counseling at OHEL. He's director of the OHEL Miriam Center for Trauma, Bereavement, and Crisis Response, and he is with us live via telephone on this Friday, Erev Shabbos. Dr. Blumenthal, always a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, and thank you for your very vocal support for the Max. Yeah. Tell her why you graduate. <laughs> yeah, vocal support is an understatement. I'm all in, to say the least. Um, all right, Dr. Blumenthal, <laughs> I don't know how else to ask this question. It's really the question that's been on everyone's mind since all of this started. Uh, if your role is to calm people down in light of the coronavirus situation, is it possible to accomplish that goal when the media is is treating coronavirus the way they are? Well, I think we have to learn. That's a broader question. I think we have to learn how to use the media, and let's include the Internet and social media in this, instead of letting it control us. Uh, but that's a broader question, which we have to do it ourselves and train our children uh, to, first of all, make sure that we are accessing responsible sites, because anybody can post anything, so to make sure that our information is coming from reliable sources, and to recognize that the, because of the repeated uh, focus, on, and to focus on the most negative aspects that it can create a disproportionate panic reaction. Um, and again, that I think touches even on the broader question that we have to learn how to use this medium, which can be a wonderful medium, a useful medium, in a very responsible way. I got to ask you a favor to do me a favor, pick up your phone. We're having trouble hearing your response to the speaker. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. Well, if, if, if this is an interesting situation. Because very often you are called in and your team is called in to deal with trauma that specifically uh, has to do with children or younger people and telling parents and others, principals, teachers, etc., how to deal with it. I think in this case it's a little different because even the adults are the target of this panic. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. Well, it's a basic principle, even if we want to impart a reasonable response on our children. Another big uh, part of this also is how do we teach children proper hygiene? I don't have to tell you, especially very young children are always sticking fingers in various parts of their faces and orifices, and how do we train them to be more responsible and, and better hygienic practices? But the first thing we got to do is make sure we're calm. Yeah. Uh, you never fool children. And if we attempt to impart lessons of uh, responsibility while we're panicky. Even if we say everything right, our children will read our panic and won't hear us. So it sounds like the, the it sounds like the approach has to be both for adults and children uh, that we we my family are doing everything we can to uh, to stem the tide of this to make sure that you know please God we don't become. You know, we don't test positive for it, and that's washing of the hands and keeping a distance and knowing how to and how not to greet somebody. And by the way, this Shabbos is a great example. We'll really be able to show our children, you know, how to interact with people without directly interacting with them, if you know what I mean. Uh, and, right. and, and once you give that confidence to both the older 
people in the family and the young people in the family that we are doing everything we possibly can. I guess when you when you have that in your arsenal, so to speak, it's much easier to to get through the day. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's a tricky thing with anxiety. You can have too much or too little. Um, right. If you have too little, then you're not cautious. If you have too much, then you're panicky, and paradoxically, you can do yourself more harm. So we have to strike that happy medium with ourselves and then impart that to our children. Now, you've been doing conference calls and stuff like that, right? A lot of them, yes. Are you sensing any less worry than at the very beginning of this a few days ago? Like, can you see or feel that there's an adjustment that the community's making that they weren't ready to make in the first 24 hours? Oh, most absolutely. And I think but that comes with more information, with an understanding. Every one of the webinars that I've done, have, I've been accompanied by different but uh, primary figures in infectious disease and, and community health, and they're educating us. And we're, we're an easily educatable community. We're, right. we're the people of the book. <laughs> and I do think there's, uh, you know, I think there's still a lot of anxiety and concern out there. I don't think we've quite gotten a handle on it, but I think we're on our way. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. So and if information is, in fact, you know, the key, then those who are frustrated by the multiple emails from uh, Yeshiva University, for instance, or the multiple press conferences by the governor of the state of New York, you would say... Just the opposite. You know, keep them coming because the more updated we are, the more confident we are that we can get through this. I think so, but also it has to be done with uh, a proper tone and uh, the proper volume of response. In other words, when we're scared, we're responding not only to the words, we're responding to, to responsible leaders, voice, tone, and manner as well. So from everything I understand from the physicians, unless you have a pre-existing uh, respiratory condition or a compromised immune system, maybe the elderly, uh, this is a, much like the flu, which is very unpleasant and is debilitating, but we, the vast majority of people are healing from it. So it's, we don't have to have a catastrophic response. We have to have a concern and vigilance and listen to the medical experts. But uh, it should be commensurate with the level of threat that actually exists. All right, two more things. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us. Uh, you know that there are certain people listening right now in this audience who are quarantined. And that, that's for sure. And um, and it, it, it must be a horrifying experience. Obviously, those who've tested positive, it has its own horror. We know that uh, you know people are concerned that, God forbid, they tested positive, that their body can handle it and recover from this. And we pray for their full recovery. But those who have not yet, you know, been tested or have not tested positive, they, they, they still nonetheless are being cooped up in a really, you know, in a difficult situation, no matter how large one's house may be. Uh, has anybody consulted with you about how not to go stir crazy in a situation like this when it could be a period of weeks that one has to be isolated? Yes, I have been in touch with people who have been isolated, um, and you're exactly right. You know, you can get cabin fever yeah. uh, from staying home. But I guess the blessing of today's times are we have very easy remote access to different places. Uh, and many schools now have in place, even those schools which have not been quarantined, have remote access uh, teaching in place. And YU has had for those uh, shirim that uh, had to be canceled our, our learning via remote access. So we're not as isolated as we would have been 
prior to the time that we had such technology. Yeah. But it does take, it takes an effort to keep yourself busy, to keep yourself stimulated, and keep yourself in touch with the outside world without seeing them face-to-face. So you don't feel so isolated and you don't feel so understimulated. You know, it's funny, uh, just like certain episodes in history, even recent history, have changed the way we deal with certain things. I can think of a couple of examples. This coronavirus may actually change uh, the methods of education. We may not have any snow days anymore. There may just be there may just be an email from the school saying, "Guess what? Here's how classes are being conducted today. Everybody, get your iPads out and you know and, and have a normal day at school." And 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 we look back on it. It could be this episode that has really prepared everybody right. for that eventuality. I think it's also going to change some of our hygienic practices, right. even after this passes. That I think we're going to be much more. I saw a study. I don't know how accurate it was. But I saw a study that said that um, adults in, the, in an hour touch their face 23 times, and 44% of those touches are in areas of mucus. And if adults do it 23 times and 44%, then children must touch their faces uh, 46 times and 104% of the time. Wow. So uh, I think we're going to learn and graduate from this also and maybe have more, have better hygienic practices. All right, last thing, Dr. Blumenthal, and I don't think this is beyond your uh, your area of expertise, <laughs> although you may argue with me. Um, it's Shabbos Zohar. It is a Shabbos that traditionally a lot of people get together. Sometimes people who are never in synagogue will make sure to be in synagogue this Shabbos. In addition, we have the holiday of Purim coming up Monday night, also one of those occasions where people love to be together, and we know the spirit of Purim in general is interaction one with another. It's part of the mitzvah of the day, frankly. Um, there are people who might find themselves in a, and I'm not using this word professionally, you know how I'm using it, who might find themselves getting depressed that they're not able to be in shul this Shabbos, that they won't be at a public Megillah reading on Monday night, or in general, even those who are in quarantine may just feel it's just, it's just not the same Purim that it usually is. What words can you tell us that might give us a little bit more of a positive perspective on this? Well, again, I'm, I'm, I am out of my turf a little bit, but I've been <laughs> on enough webinars with, with Rabbanim and medical experts. Certainly, the, all the Gadolim are saying that if you at all uh, are, are advised by physicians to remain quarantined or to remain apart, then, don't, then that, you have no mitzvah to go to shul, and you can hear the Megillah via the telephone or Skype, uh, etc. You can hear many other times during the year, and you say that mitzvah. Right, but I'm not, um, not talking talk halachically. I'm saying that yeah, right. the mood, I, 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 I could see the mood of the community on Tuesday just being a little bit more down than a regular Purim. It's in the nature of us as the people that we don't let our moods govern us or dictate us, that we dictate our moods. You might be in a very jovial mood, a jovial mood on the ninth day of Av, but we're obligated to feel sad. Right. Uh, whatever is going on, we rise above uh, the particular circumstances uh, because of our uh, adherence to mitzvahs and uh, let our, let the situation or the time <laughs> dictate our mood rather, well, I mean the time and the calendar, right. uh, rather than the circumstance and the news. And I think we've done it in the past, and I think we'll do it now. It may be more muted, and it, it may be a sense, there may be less of uh, overt uh, touching and maybe even or you know, vociferous celebration in the close proximity to other people, I'm sure will rise to the occasion and recognize the miracle of Purim and experience the joy as best we can. Oh, by the way, Dr. Blumenthal, could you, could you hop on my bandwagon and tell everybody in our community that it is in poor taste 
to dress up in anything that refers to this virus, whether people think they're going to they're be smart with masks and with hazmat costumes, et cetera, that, that, would, that would not be a good idea. And, and, it would, and actually to the world, I think it would look, you know, very distasteful. I think in general, uh, you know, humor is wonderful. In fact, there's even a body of research that says that humor is important for recovering from trauma and bereavement. But humor at the expense of someone else right. is never funny. And since this is causing hardship for many people within our community and outside of our community, I agree with you that it's not something that should be treated in a jocular manner. There's enough uh, more innocent types of costumes or affectations that we can have that will demonstrate our joy that I don't think we have to do that. 100%. Well, you're always great, Dr. Blumenthal. Thanks for all your work. Great I know it's been, be on. Been, a busy, okay. been a busy week for you. You and I and the millions of people out there in our community Pray for the okay. full and speedy recovery of everybody who is afflicted right, with this. Let, let's celebrate that, yes. 100%. Thanks okay. so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a Freilichen Purim. Dr. Norman Blumenthal, he is the Zachter Family Chair in Trauma and Crisis Counseling at OHEL, Director of the OHEL Miriam Center for Trauma, Bereavement, and Crisis Response, and as I said, affiliated with a, 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 a tremendous number of great organizations and important uh, parts of our community.